Welcome back to Candid Conversations with Carmen. <laughs> really? <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. Welcome back to Candid Conversations with Carmen. I'm your host, Carmen. This is my side ho- <coughs> side host, Ashley, and our wonderful, classy, incredible, smart producer, producer graduate. Yes, can I get a witness? Testify. Our wonderful producer, Q Nugget. Yay, yay. <laughs> All right, in today's episode, we're going to keep it casual, relaxed, and just really, really have some candid, open conversations about life, the world, current events, where we stand. Um, we're going to try to keep the same format through questions. It may flow a little bit more naturally. We may not pose a question as immediately. I think we all have similar topics. We're going to go off today. So we're going to stay on that same theme. So we're going to start with Ashley. As you all know, we have recently seen in the media a lot of police shootings toward people of color, especially African-American black men. Um, My question is, do you think that it is racism, or do you think it's a political push to have martial law? That was way deeper than than I was going. My question was deep on the police, yes or no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh, oh gosh, I really have to think about this. Do I think it's a political push to get some martial law, or if it's actually happening to the extent that it's being publicized. Yes. I think it's 100% happening to the extent that it's being publicized. I think it's been happening for forever, Mm -hmm. and I think that just now people are actually starting to take notice and actually other people who are not just the ones being oppressed are saying, oh my gosh, this is so wrong. You know, this is apartheid. You know, I think there's other people that are jumping in and, I guess, aligning with the cause or with the the marches and the, the presses for change. I don't necessarily think it's a push to get martial law in. Do I think that could potentially be something that it could lead to? Sure. But I don't think that's just the uh, – I don't, I don't feel like it's an agenda push for that. I, 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 I can say – I think it, it it is a that may be a slippery slope yeah. kind of thing, but yeah. I feel like we are tumbling down that hill hill already. Yeah, because as more and more we see, as you said, your question was going to be whether or not we defund the police. Well, if you defund the police, who then is going to be your protection? Right. Who is going to Martial be the one? <laughs> you're going to have the government have to take care of you, which means that they're going to have to put boots on the ground mm-hmm. at home to do that. So like. Those things, even though it seems like it's a far off thing, but I mean, even in that, w- wasn't the guy who got harassed in his own neighborhood by a military personnel? He was. I mean, so really, if that's who else can you go to? Like, <laughs> where? What can you do if you can't go to Bellinosa? <laughs> 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 like, where can you go? If 
if your police are brutalizing you, your military is brutalizing you, like who else is supposed to? Who else is there? Yourself, you almost. You and that's what I'm saying. Like, then I that's feel why like it's in the streets, then, because you have exactly. anarchy. You have looting uh, less than exactly because you don't have you don't have protection anymore. And the thing is, the fear that you have, like I was thinking about it, is like I've been really, you know, watching different shows, and there have been some really sh- good shows where they have depicted p- police brutality and had the conversations yeah. that you didn't know that you needed to have and even if you were having those conversations you might they worded it in such a way that it was um was mind-boggling in the sense that it was like that is what i was thinking that was what i was feeling and i didn't know how to express it and Mm -hmm. you have done it so like i was watching Grey's anatomy Mm -hmm. station 19 both of them were talking about um uh George Floyd. Um I then also watched um what was it? It was New Amsterdam. They were talking about it well racism, not even just police brutality, but thinking about black women and how uh black women are not listened to mm-hmm. in pregnancy when yeah. they're not listened to in all these different things, and I see those different things, but it's like, you have the police, you have to have the police, you have to police yourself when you're out in the public with the actual police, and then when you're in other instances of things like your healthcare and everything, you have to police the doctors yeah. for yourself. I mean, the episode that I watched just recently had me in tears because the lady, mm-hmm. she wanted to have a vaginal birth, uh-huh. and they were telling her she had to get a C-section, and she was like, I don't have to have a c-section they were like you have a geriatric pregnancy and everything so they were using a test that they had that gave a score and they were like you're at 28 percent to have a successful vaginal birth but he said let me score you as a white woman yeah on that and it gave her a higher percentage and she was like i know i can't i'm healthy i can get it she had a baby no problem as when they gave her the score of a white woman at the same age and everything the test in itself was inherently racist yeah. towards women of color. But the thing is, it's like if that if tests are inherently racist, if you get people into going back to my original topic of people that are in the police, yeah, then now you have an inherently racist makeup. So what they're learning, even the black officers are going to be inherently racist when they come out of the police academy because of the things that they've been taught in the police academy because that is skewed towards yeah. people of color being not as 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 excuse me, not as uh people of color not as being as stable as the white individual that is walking down the street. The thing is you were just telling me today about that lady who was in Nordstrom Rack going off on people, and they didn't throw her on the ground. They didn't. You know what? <laughs> you know, like, COVID, I really, like, being, like, in quarantine mm-hmm. and working remote, it it really was a time to take a step back. There were so many things that I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would let, you know, just the bottom of the rug, you know, like, whatever, they said whatever. Like when I went back to work, I'm um, sitting back in the office, 
one of my coworkers is a Karen. <laughs> she is a freaking Karen. And I never, like, she always got on my nerves, but I didn't realize that she was a Karen. Mm-hmm. Like, this doesn't have anything to do with you. Mind your business. Like, just stay in your own lane. That lady at Nordstrom Rack was a Karen. And the reason she was a Karen was because she was literally fighting with the police. She was telling them what they were and were not going to do. And I'm like, no black person is going to do you will die. Like, you can get abused. You can be beaten. And they'll be like, you know what? It was justified because you were bad-mouthing the officer. He felt threatened. You were not obeying the commands of the officer. You were irate. You were resisting an arrest that wasn't even really taking place. Like, there's so many things that can go wrong. And she felt bold enough to tell an officer what they were not going to do, refused to identify herself, after she assaulted someone inside of the store. I was like, this is crazy. Like, the boldness. Now, I would like you to explain what is a Karen. You know what a Karen is. Everybody knows what a Karen is. Everybody knows what a Karen is. (laughs) (laughs) No, a Karen, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Urban Dictionary, and I'm going to read it off because we want to get it correct. Definition of a Karen. <laughs> I can't say anything profane. I believe that. Um. <laughs> okay, so it says Karen is a generic name that's coming. Oh, no, no, no. That's just not in my definition. But anyway, and it really just says like that's coming in. It typically refers to a woman who fits a stereotype of an aggressive, racist, minivan-driving white woman. That's just a synopsis. I don't necessarily feel like every Karen is trying to be racist. I don't. Because Karens can be minding other people's businesses that are not minorities or not black. They will get in another white woman's business. Karens are people who don't mind their own business. Yes. They have an opinion on everything, and they are vocal about it, and they are confident enough and feel emboldened enough to vocalize their standpoint as if it's a fact and impose their belief on someone else. Yes. That's what I feel like a Karen is in an aggressive manner that they try to get law enforcement oftentimes or someone in leadership to back them, to control you to do what they want you to do. That's what a Karen is, in my opinion. And that's the Karen I worked with. <laughs> but so so she was going to the girl at the Nordstrom's rack, was going crazy. She was telling the police. I mean, it was the dumbest thing ever. She ended up getting arrested. Yes. And she, all she literally had to do was give her ID. That's all she had to do, and she would have gotten away. But the thing is, it, it was like a six- or eight-minute, like, altercation she had with the police yes. where she was being irate, she was being rude, she was being disrespectful, she tried to walk away numerous times and during that entire encounter until they put her under arrest, they didn't touch her. Mm. They didn't touch her. Mm. Now that is. That's crazy. They didn't touch her and I'm like, so they are trained to give her enough respect as a human being that she can do whatever she wants and she's not seen as posing a threat. But someone who's in their car who's not even touching the police officer at all, who's not irate, who's not walking away, who's not being belligerent, who's not being disrespectful, who didn't do a crime because she'd assaulted someone earlier. They had witnesses to testify, to to attest to that. And she 
was emboldened to do that. Someone else who's a, of a minority group, specifically black, not just any minority group, black, sits in a car and they're shot holding the steering wheel because the officer's like, don't reach for that. Yeah. After they tell you to reach for your ID. Right. You're following instructions. The camera outside won't even give her ID, and you're following instructions. Yeah. She wouldn't even tell them her name. And so that was just, so that was like a long story short. Like, And that's why I really felt like, and I agree with you when it comes down to the, the I, don't, I don't, I feel like martial law is a, is a big thing to get to. Yes. I think it's a huge thing. And, and in order for that to happen, it would have to really be, like the police would have to say, screw it. Like I'm out of this. Like I'm over it. Yeah. Like, and I could see that because there are a lot of police officers that are good police officers. Yeah. Like they are. They do their job right. They they suppress you know any prejudices and biases they may have because we all have them. Yeah. We're gonna pretend like we're not human, and that's just not true. Yeah. You lock your door when you see somebody walking on the side, black or not. You do it. You can be black driving in a in the hood and that door is locked. You can be white in the hood and that door is locked. Why? Because you don't feel safe. And those are your own biases that you you play off of and you act off of and you react with in every situation. But then you say that the police, and yes, they should be held to a higher standard because they are the ones that are setting the rules and enforcing the rules. And they're the ones that have the ability to use such force as shooting someone, you know, if it but comes down to but it. The thing but is, I, the reason why I said martial law, because at this point, it is becoming... Yes, it used to. I believe that it was something that was happening on a regular basis. Yeah. But I don't think it was on the scale that it's happening now. I think it was. I don't think you know the extent to which people were actually getting killed because you didn't even know. Like, the thing is, is if you know five black dudes, yes, at least three of them will tell you they got pulled over for nothing. And they had potentially all five, but you you know, God is good. You know, some people can't hold a handle it, and the Lord would spare them. Yes. But let's say three out of the five, Mm -hmm. and they say, I mean, at random, three out of five, four out of five, potentially five out of five say, you know what, I was pulled over for doing nothing. The police officer comes over and is immediately aggressive towards me. I am nothing but compliant, and I'm met with nothing but disrespect, and I continue to be respectful during the entire encounter, and I was just thankful that I made it out with my life. That's before the shooting. That's before all of this stuff is being publicized. This is happening long before everybody cares. That's true. And so I think it was definitely going on. I think it's on a scale now where people are saying, wait a minute. People in Europe know our dirty laundry? That's not okay. People in Europe are talking about Black Lives Matter. We've got to make a change. Yeah. We've got to be on the right side of history. But see, the thing is, that that gets on my nerves anyway. If you got the international market, you know, talking about Black I've Lives Matter. I've traveled the world, and I've been racially oppressed everywhere. So guess what? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So if you need to Black Lives Matter yourself in England. I'm a firm you know, believer that charity Australia, starts at home. Exactly. I'm a firm believer that ch- charity starts at home. If your own home is filthy, do not donate your time to go clean for someone else. You have to clean up first where you live. Exactly. So that's why I, I, I also am not for it. But at the same time, it was like once it reached a global scale and once it reached a, oh, my gosh, we're going to be embarrassed because everybody knows we're murdering black people all the time. 
then it's like, and you know all the other countries, they want to highlight your wrongs so their wrongs don't get to the forefront. So they're like, yeah, let's pick it for Black Lives Mattering. Because, I mean, I got followed around the store in Australia. Like, hello. Yeah. But, you know, they were they were rather silent on during the whole protesting and all that stuff. I still know where they stand. So (laughs) they still have the aboriginals, their oppressor. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) anyway, I digress. But like I'm saying is that I think those things were happening anyway. Now, yes, I think that the police's willingness to shoot people and kill them. I think that that has maybe increased. But the actual brutality and the oppression and the, like, clear, blatant racism that people were facing at the hands of law enforcement, no. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you weren't didn't experience racism and you didn't have them be aggressive. But I think the blatantly shooting, just just random, like, they they are so trigger-happy right now. It's like they're on edge. When you do people wrong, you start acting like Nero. You're paranoid as a mug. You p- treat people bad forever, and every call could be your last. You're afraid to do traffic stops because your partner was murdering. Yeah. You know these people are mad. So I understand why the police officers are on edge. Should they be? No. Do they need better training? Yes. But the thing is, you're on edge only when you r- roll up on a, on a black person, but a white person's in their car, and they will tell yeah, you, I have a gun, when and you wave it around, and they be like, yeah, taser, because when taser you treat him. white people good all the time, you don't feel like you need to be paranoid of them. You are ne- you are Nero. Nero was scared that the people he persecuted were going to get revenge on him. Not the people he treated good. Anybody who was in his l- lavish quarters with him, they in there with him. Yeah. Is that wrong? Yes, 100%. But that's human nature. People you treat good, you expect to treat you back good. But you be nervous when you drive up to a black house after you done shot five black people. <laughs> you like, what you gonna do? Like, <laughs> like if you make it out alive, you're gonna be like, ooh, grace. Yeah. Like, hello, and that's horrible because oh. I mean, that's and but that's the thing. Like I said, I hate the fact that good police officers get punished on both ends. Yeah. Because they get punished if you're a good police officer, people hate the police now. Yeah. So the actual people you're trying to protect and serve don't like you. And then you're a good police officer, so you clearly can't align with the injustices that are happening through the police. So your brothers in blue probably don't rock with you that good either. And so, like, you don't, like, you're in a middle place and you want to do your job to the best of your ability. You And you are, are protecting people for what? For them to just hate you? So, you know, that is, is always, let's take it from a biblical perspective, <laughs> you know, how how do you fix it from a biblical standpoint to make it? Because you have the people that are in the church that are the all lives matter, and that if you're not, if you're a Christian, if you don't believe that all lives matter, then you're not really Christian if mm-hmm. you focus just on black lives right. matter. Right, right. Um, what do you believe as the church we should be doing? Did that girl accept the question? Did you answer? I feel like a pageant girl. Like, <laughs> fantastic. Like, <laughs> but but no, the thing is. No, like, uh, in all honesty, I think, I'm going to be honest, I really think that 
the bracket here earlier as far as like Europe and Australia and all these other places having opinions on what's going on in the U.S. I'm a firm believer that charity starts at home. Mm-hmm. I think the work starts within you. Mm-hmm. And like, hello, man, we in the mirror. Like, I mean, it, it it's a heart thing. Like, if you have bitterness and you have prejudices and you have biases of any kind, then you need to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like, oh, no, I'm good in that area, go before the throne as a believer and be like, hey, Lord, show me where I need to work on. Because he will show you. And when you're crying in your bathroom alone, or you you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you've got that revelation that, oh, wait, I'm a filthy sinner. Maybe I need to start getting on those knees <laughs> for prayer. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get on those knees and pray. Then, then things can change. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I mean, there's all these ideas, and I think they're good ideas mm-hmm. that people have to solve these issues with in the police. And and it's all like defund the police and all that stuff. Like, hello, the police don't have no money in the first place. Like, that's why they're training for us. That's why people's mixing up tasers and guns. She should have been gone long before that. Yeah. But they didn't have the staff. <laughs> they didn't have the money. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like but in, in all honesty, defunding the police sounds good because you're angry. Yes. And it's like the police are, are the wrong ones that are causing all of these issues. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is, If the police aren't there, like you said, who's going to take over? Will it be the military? The military has their own biases and issues. I mean, women in the military, hello, they get jacked around. And you want to get the, I mean, everything has its problems. Nothing is perfect. You have to work with what you have and make it better. So they need to have basically reprogramming. Yeah. Because the thing is, is these things are like, they're not, I don't believe that you're just, innately going to be just hateful all the time like I just I I think some things are learned and taught media pushes it all the time if you watch an Indian movie yeah if everybody in the movie looks the same and there's one person that's dark I'm and they all Indian yeah I'm like oh my gosh he about to kidnap her yeah the dark person is about to do a crime because they do the darker person is always the villain. The darker person is always the one who's doing wrong. And even if they have a hard life and you understand their plight, they're still the bad one. And that's in every form of media. Yeah. Then you hear music for people who are black artists, and it's aggressive, and it's violent. And yet it's their true story because they be having hard lives. But that's what is pushed in every area of everything that you consume. So when you react and say, well, they're going to do something violent to me, or you as an individual, not even as a police officer, have these biases that are basically programmed into you throughout time where you're like, and if you don't know anybody that you have the reference as being the good black person or a good person that's not, you know, that's of color or darker, and they're not violent, they're not aggressive, they're not horrible, you only draw off of what you've seen. Thinking about that, you you talked about skin color, the darker person. Yes. You're not super light but you're not super dark do you think that you are you are do you think that people are do people see you differently than maybe say a light skinned girl you know what whenever I and this is just I, I believe this is the grace of God like yeah. I really do because I know that color is such a big deal yes and like skin tone and all that stuff but whenever I walk in somewhere I literally can never see my face 
Like, I don't know what my face is like. And I would have to look down at my hands and arms mm-hmm. to be able to tell that I'm dark Yes. when I walk somewhere. Mm-hmm. So when I walk somewhere, I don't feel, like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, if you see, see what you're going to see, and whatever's mine is mine, you can't prevent me from getting it. So if I'm dark-skinned, mm-hmm. then I'm just going to be dark-skinned and getting what God got for me. Yeah. If I'm light-skinned, I'm going to be light-skinned and getting what God got for me. If I'm white, I'm going to be white and getting what God got for me. Because at the end of the day, like, it, what it comes down to is I, that's something I can't control. Yes. I like the way that I am. Why? Because God made me like that. And as it was for us to just have this conversation. Yeah. And that was the reason he said, Carmen, you're going to be sun-tipped. If he said, you know what, you're going to have that melanin popping so you can have this conversation, then let that melanin be popping. If it was something to be self-conscious about, my skin color would not be the thing. Like, (laughs) that's just how I look. Like, I don't feel like because I'm dark-skinned, I shouldn't be able to do stuff. You know, I I always would. (laughs) You would talk that big. When I was little, you know, I didn't think about my, um, I didn't think about skin color like that inherently. But thinking back, we were having another conversation uh, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks back, and I started really, the Lord really started showing me that I had in, had a internal thought that if I was white, I could get things more than if I had been black. Because I used to be, I had a vivid imagination, and I used to try to imagine myself what I would look like if I was a white girl. And Uh I was like maybe five or six, maybe, maybe 11 or 12, something like, like between that, from six to 12, I was in that range. Mm -hmm. Because I read a lot, and so I got a lot. But all the books that I read, there weren't very many that described a dark, you know, a, a black girl with, black hair and you yeah. know brown eyes it was always a blue green gray yeah blonde brunette uh <laughs> you know yeah girl who was slender you know <laughs> even a red hair with pale skin i can't uh, i can't attribute any of that to me because that does not right. uh, match and so if i looked at it and i said who am i i love being me right but in those moments, I still was like, man, I wonder if I could be beautiful as a white girl. Uh-huh. Let me tell you, even in my mind, I could. I was like, I'm just beautiful as a black person because as a white person, I would be straight <laughs> ugly. Straight ugly. Just, I, you know, have you seen white chicks? I know you've yeah. seen white chicks. That's how, <laughs> I, that's how I always saw myself. Like when you tried to lighten yeah. the skin and yeah. my nose, I would. Literally, at that time, I didn't know about plastic surgery and how you could just shape it and sculpt yes. everything. Yeah. But based off of where I was work, what I was working with, it there was no <laughs> way that I could potentially ever be uh, an attractive white girl. Right. It was just not it. But the thing is, when you see something, you don't realize how inherently you internalize those things. Exactly. You don't think about that. You don't think and about so it. And so when I think about that now... When my uh, when I look at my friends' children yes. and those beautiful black girls, and I'm like, y'all are beautiful, yes. y'all are gorgeous. You don't have to worry about looking at your little white friend over here or the little girl down the street. You, not just them, you are beautiful. You have things to offer. You can do all the things that they can do, no matter what. 
Your afro is gorgeous. Yes. yes. Your curls are gorgeous. Yes. Whatever it may be, it's gorgeous. You don't have to have an internalized thought that if I was a white girl, it would right. be better. No. As you, you how you are is enough. Is enough. Is enough. And but the thing is, like you said, it's things that you internalize that you don't even realize you're internalizing. Yes. But those are the same things that you're seeing come out in all of these brutalities and things. Yes. The things people are internalizing that they're not realizing these are biases that I have. Just like we talked on a couple of episodes ago, when it's like black women feel like they can't get enough, get anything, so they settle for a guy that's not doing them right. Yes. And so they say, well, I've got to get this bum so I'll have somebody. Yes. Or he, and he's, he would never go for me because, you know, I know I'm not going to be his type. Yes. Because you're internalizing all of these things and, and you're that's real. projecting that. Yes. And the thing is, you can feel, you can feel beautiful and you can feel like I got it going on in yes. certain areas. Yes. And then others feel lower than low. Yes. Because yes. I can tell you right now, I can go into work. I can go into work and I can feel like I am on top of the world. I got on my heels. Yes. I got on my, my nice slacks, my nice blouse. Nobody can talk to me. Right. I, I am. Right. And because of my persona, a lot of people are can be upset or say, you know, oh, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But that's not my problem. My problem is to get the job done and do it Thank done you. right. But I have also been that person that been like, he probably would not turn my way because I don't look, yes. I'm not slender, I'm not tall, I don't have uh, the fake lashes and, and you yeah. know, the whatever Birkin bag, is that what them things? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't have the, you know, the $1,500 purse and right. the, the red bottoms and all that kind of stuff. I don't have that. And so in, in knowing that, it's yeah. like, now I have to talk to myself and be like the same person that goes into the office. Yes. I can do whatever I can do. Yes. If you want me, then it doesn't it matter. If I want you, <laughs> that's <laughs> what it comes to. You have to really get to that point yes. because the thing is is that you can not even be wanting somebody. Yes. And the thing is you be like he would never go for me. Yes. And you need to be like Glory to the king. <laughs> I knew there was a reason you made me like this. It was so that he wouldn't go for me. <laughs> because I don't want to go for him. <laughs> like, hello? Even people you don't even want. Yes. And you'll be like, you know, you'll talk yourself down out of something you didn't even want. 